Welcome to the Genealogy Happy Hour, a place where new family historians can learn to document their family histories and celebrate their new discoveries. I'm Amy. And I'm Penny. And we're here to help you discover your family tree from the beginning. Welcome to episode 93. Today, we are going to be discussing the use of gazetteers in our genealogical research. But before we begin, Penny, do we have a wine for today? We do indeed have a wine. It is from the A to Z or A dash Z wine works. It's a Pinot Gris from Oregon. And the description from Tim Fish at Wine Spectator is uh, pretty honeysuckle aromas lead to an engaging lemon sorbet and melon flavors. Nice. If that sounded really good. Nice. I do like A to Z. Yeah. And I like their, their Pinot Noir too. So good choice. That's All the choice right. for today. Today's episode is sponsored by newspapers.com, your go-to resource for unlocking the stories of your ancestors. Dive into the newspapers where your family's history unfolds as you search nearly a billion pages in seconds. Newspapers.com offers an unparalleled treasure trove of historical newspapers providing a window into the past. With newspapers from the 17th century to today, Newspapers.com is the largest online newspaper archive. It's a goldmine for anyone seeking to uncover the stories from the past. Whether you're a seasoned genealogist or just starting your journey, Newspapers.com makes it easy to search for obituaries, birth announcements, and the everyday stories that shaped your family. It's like having a time machine at your fingertips. And here's the best part. Our listeners get an exclusive offer. Use promo code HAPPYHOUR for a 20% discount on your subscription. That's HAPPYHOUR at Newspapers.com. Sign up today at Newspapers.com and embark on a journey of discovery. So, Amy, before we jump into our gazetteer discussion, um, I think we have a couple updates or some we do. things and we, we want to mention. We do. Need, we need to do a shout out too, don't we? We do. All so, right. a couple our, shout outs. Oh, well, this shout out is for um, one of our listeners, Sandra Robertson from Denton County Genealogical Society. Woot, woot, Denton County, Texas. Denton County, Texas. And it was so interesting when I got an email asking if. Um, We'd be okay. Post they posted something about our podcast in their thank newsletter. You, thank you so much for that. And it's a lovely newsletter. I read it today. It was um, it's done very well. I was really impressed with it. Um, but it, when they had reached out to us, I was like, oh, I know where Denton County is. So I lived in Carrollton, which is not in Denton County, but the Dallas Fort Worth area. Dallas Fort Worth area. Right, My right. daughter was born there. Mm-hmm. But I went to the University of North Texas for two years in Denton, and my father went. We I grew up in far north Dallas, and then my father ended up moving up to Highland Village in Denton County, and then he lived in Little Elm, um, which is um, in Denton County as well. Before he ended up moving here to Florida, in his um, you know senior years. But anyway, yeah. So we're very familiar with Denton, Denton yeah, County, and really so fun. we're so glad that you've got we've got people who are listening to us from there. So. so shout out to you guys. Thank you so much for putting us in your newsletter. Um, we also got um, some feedback on our local history from a listener in Maine. She was very kind to share her story um, with us on town reports mm. um, that are in different. Uh-huh 
like local towns. Right. And she right. is, I, I wrote back, I said, you know, lucky you, because she has a lot of copies from her her grandparents that saved all these town That's reports. Cool. Yeah, Very cool. so so she's got a wealth of information um, about That's her town. And she had tried to do some research um, on one of her ancestors, and some questions were answered, some mm-hmm. questions mm-hmm. were not, but... Um, Using the, the town the town reports, yes, which is different than you know in the south where we're very focused on counties rather than towns. Mm-hmm. But up in the, especially in New England, it's the town that's where all the towns have their own records. So uh, you could definitely find those in your local the, the local library. I'm mm-hmm. sure they have copies of all of those, yeah. and those would be really good. Yeah, or good obviously resource. go to your neighbors and see if they're hoarding them. Too. <laughs> like, do you have the town reports? <laughs> Oh my gosh, I would be so excited to have all that information. Right? And the last thing. Oh, the three Daniels, the three Daniels. Episode 83. Do we have an update on your three Daniels? We have an update. <clears throat> I finally, just this week, got my uh, pension file that I ordered from NARA. Came in, and it came in electronically, which I'm pretty, obviously was the way I ordered it. And it's 107 pages. Wow. It's a lot to go through. Mm-hmm. But there was, um, and I like I'm still processing a lot of it. But there was a letter written by Daniel, describing his service and what his affliction was. Um, it was in great detail. His which, affliction is as to why he was needing the pension. Correct. So why did he need the pension? So he had <laughs> chronic diarrhea oh. and piles. Oh. And I was like, what's pile? I had to look it up. I didn't know. I'm not familiar with pile. I am familiar you with pile. You are. Piles. Now you are. <laughs> now you know what they are. So we're going to call them hemorrhoids. There you go. That is not the way it was described in this letter. Oh. It was very descriptive. Oh, okay. Maybe it was descriptive so he would get more money. Correct. I don't know. But <laughs> it was quite the interesting read. He and was I, suffering, huh? He was suffering. <laughs> okay. He was suffering a great deal. I thought you all would enjoy knowing that. Um, Thanks for that sharing. <laughs> <laughs> but this was your Daniel of the three Daniels. This was my Daniel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. Good, good, good. All right. So you've got yeah. 100, over 100 pages to process. 100 pages, yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. All right, well, I'm sure you'll continue to update us on that. Yes, if, the, yeah. if I find anything good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, gazetteers. Gazetteers, okay. So what, well, what is a gazetteer? Have we heard of a gazetteer before? Um, a gazetteer is simply a um, geographical index or dictionary of a place with descriptions. Um, they describe an area such as the towns, the topography, the geography um, of the location. Sometimes they're called, they may not even be called a gazetteer. Sometimes they're called a dictionary, a directory, or an index. And they include probably maps and atlases. Um, They're always organized alphabetically. And we should always pay attention to the abbreviations in the beginning and other publication information so we understand the content and where it's coming from. But... um, The good news is that these um, gazetteers have been published for hundreds of years, so we can locate them um published close probably pretty close to when our ancestor lived in that area so that gives us a good idea of what was going on in in the area where our ancestor lived 
Yeah, I know um, when we came uh, decided on this topic, I've uh, spent some time looking at the ones, especially in, in England, mm-hmm. um, which had maps included with them, which was really yeah. great. So yeah. you could actually see where the, the town was at that particular year. Right. Love right. that. Right. That's, it's, they're good for um, yeah, trying to pinpoint and locate, um, you know, if you know where your ancestor came from uh, in Europe. Or like you said, in the UK, Ireland, mm-hmm. uh, they're great, but also here in the United States. Uh, we I know we talk about the Red Book a lot here on our podcast, and you're gonna get, but you're gonna get more detailed information in a gazetteer than you would in the Red Book. But it's probably gonna be less information than you would in a county history or the town reports or something like that. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit more generalized than that. Yeah, and I, th- I think, too, depending on how big the town was or how important it was, mm-hmm. or, you know, just thinking about the few that I found, you know, one would list um, what the industry was. One said cattle was not good from mm-hmm. this town. Right? <laughs> <laughs> or agriculture wasn't mm-hmm. great, you right. know, but they did have a big um, um, cotton mill, uh, not cotton mill, uh, a mill for Wool. Right. So right, 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 right. Um, that was their benefit. Right. I mm-hmm. um I found um, the Gazetteer of the State of Vermont, which was published in eighteen twenty four, um, by Zadok Thompson. And my ancestors lived in Vermont in the late um eighteenth century. So I know they were there in the seventeen eighties, seventeen nineties, and they were there in eighteen hundred. But what the Gazetteer the information I was able to get out of the gazetteer that really helped me was, well, first of all, the um, I found it on, it was indexed on, uh, excuse me, it was imaged on the Internet Archive, which is great because you can just go page by page. It's, it's yes, in it's, color, it's, it's like digitized. Exactly right. Yeah. And the table of contents shows um, that how the publication is organized, it went by, you know, um, geographical descriptions, natural history, political institutions, and society. And then it went basically from A to Z, all the little towns, the counties, everything, and gave a little descriptor. So I looked up um, Pownall in Benton County, Bennington County, and it said that it was a settlement that was started in 1761, and by 1791, the population was one-third of Bennington County and one-fifth of the state, and that there was about 1,746 inhabitants. It said there were numerous dairy farms, and that made sense to me now because when I was on FamilySearch.org looking at the records that they had digitized from this area, um, there were earmarks that were recorded from the cattle for, and I think one of my ancestors had an earmark there. So now I know, you know, uh-huh. what kind of cattle was being raised or what they were doing with, you know, why the cattle were Could there. Have been a dairy they had dairy farmer. Farm. He was yeah. a dairy farmer, right? They said they had very good, very good dairy farms there. Right. And then later in the book or in the publication, when I kind of gave an overview of Vermont, this was very interesting. It said um, about 1810, immigration into Vermont slowed because of a period of very cold season, very cold seasons is what they said. And the inhabitants left for better climate conditions along the Ohio. I'm assuming it's the Ohio River. Mm-hmm, it sounds like it. Um, then by 1817, the climate warmed and um, emigration from Vermont stopped. 
this is interesting because like I said, my ancestors were there in the um, 1800 census, they were enumerated. But in 1810, they had left and they had gone south to the middle of New York state. And then by 1820, they were in Ohio. Okay. So, okay. which is what the Ohio, some of the Ohio research that we did when we went on our yeah. little road trip. So now I understand why my ancestors left Vermont and kind of went south and then west. It was freezing. It was freezing. So yeah, it was very cold and then it got warmer. So they had like a little, little. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes perfect sense. 10 to 15, sense. 10 years there when, or seven years there when it was, it was really cold. So it also said that all of the early settlers were almost wholly of English descent. So that also gives me a clue as to probably, you know, the, um, um, the origin of my mm-hmm. ancestors who were who were living there in uh, right after the Revolutionary War. That's so. very helpful. Yeah. Um, and then a few years ago, I purchased um, the New York Family History Research Guide and Gazetteer, published by the New York Genealogical and, Bi- and Biographical Society. I think I, pu- I bought it at um, one of the um, NGS family conferences. Mm-hmm. And um, in addition, it also has um, to the Gazetteer. For all the New York counties, which is very helpful, it also lists all the repositories, um, the print and online resources for the county. So it's just got a whole bunch of these have a whole bunch of information that you can get for the modern ones who are, who are republished that help to really help you with your genealogical research. So nice. not only does it tell, you know, like um, in the census for 1910 it says you know my ancestors live in smithville mm-hmm. well i can find smithville in the gazetteer i you know in that county and then um what resources are available so mm-hmm. for that county it's very very helpful yeah i i noted when you were talking about um how big the town was mm-hmm. and all that i know i looked up somebody in the west virginia um gazetteer that went through all the different um counties and towns and not not every town was listed in there (laughs) but um the one town i was looking for this town of scott um back in 1892 population of 120 and that's where my family was at that time so i'm like 120 this is a tiny 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 (laughs) town right well you know speaking of tiny towns we all those of us who have who need to do research in germany particularly or anywhere in Europe, you have to have you have to know the town. You, you have, have to, to know, know where they are from, and so gazetteers come in really handy for that. There's um, for German research. There's Meyer's Gazetteer of the German Empire, which was published in 1912, and Ancestry has it um, imaged um, on their website. Go into the catalog on Ancestry, put in Gazetteer Germany, and it'll pop right up. Um, but I put the tiny little town that where my grandfather was born in Germany, um, Beastland, and it's literally, you know, it's a crossroads and that's all that's there. But it pops up and it's, it's, in, it's recorded in the Gazetteer, comes up. Now you got to get your Google Translate out and you got to put your camera on so you can, but, and gives you a location, you know, like biggest city where it's near. So that will help you then find it on a map. Where, right. And then where records might be. Correct. Exactly right. Exactly mm-hmm. right. So. Yeah. Oh, that just makes me want to. <laughs> my family that does come from Germany in this little town of Kirkvalsada, their records are all held 
in the next the bigger town right. down the mm-hmm. road, which mm-hmm. I love to say the name Vissalhuvida. I know that's probably not how you say it, but we love to say Vissalhuvida. Anyway, <laughs> great town. And a lot of those records are now online too at Ancestry. And just speaking of, I have to say, it's when we're doing research, and we all probably have a ton of people in our tree. Like we're constantly adding people to our tree. Mm-hmm. And we're not researching every one of them all the time. When you circle back to somebody mm-hmm. that maybe you haven't looked at in a year or two, it's amazing what records are now How many available. More? Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, yeah. it wasn't there before. And yeah. now I've got a marriage record. Yeah. And, you know, because I know, and I know they have the shaky leaves with the, you know, mm-hmm. all the, I can't go through all those hands. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. whoever I'm working on. Right. You know, otherwise mm-hmm. I'd be just swamped with mm-hmm. checking out all those hints. Right. But it's incredible what's what They're is constantly being yep, digitized. Constantly digitizing more. Yep, for sure. For sure. So you always have to circle back. Yeah. Always circle back. So, you know, the other thing that Against the Tear is good for is the names and spellings change over time, you know, and where your ancestor may have been enumerated might have changed names. So yes. a gazetteer then will help you then cross-reference yes. to find what the current city's name is or where you know where it exists also like when you're talking about the german the one from germany mm-hmm. myers mm-hmm. how germany changed oh you know sure. where mm-hmm. not that the town moved but you know the, the, the boundaries, borders the, bo- the, yes, boundaries the borders moved. were constantly moving yeah and also west virginia becoming a state and mm-hmm. was virginia you know right look at your time period and and whatnot absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely um a couple other ones, again, for the UK, there's um, several. The Gazetteer of British Place Names and the, Gaz- the National Gazetteer of Great Britain and Ireland. Um, and that one was published in 1868. So, again, mm. looking for not only ones that are currently published, but ones that were published closer to the time when your ancestor lived there. That, would, um, that will help you even more. Uh, another thing you'll find in the Gazetteers is um, the churches that were there. The schools that were there, and we all know that you know those are places where we can find um, family records. And then the land and civil registration offices, like you said, you know, the registration wasn't in this little town; it was in the next town over. So <clears throat> it will help guide you to where you need to find, mm-hmm. or where those records would have at least been initially um, recorded. So, and then migration patterns and transportation—you're going to find out. You know, was there a train that came through the town, or um, you know, in my case, you know, I found that migration, the reason why my ancestors migrated, but maybe, you know, how did these two people get married when they lived, you know, across the, st- you know, in two different places across the state? Well, if there's, you know, a train going through there, Certainly. you know, very easy. And I had a couple on the, using the one from England, finding, uh, the town that those ancestors lived in the, for, for one of the things that said in the description was what station. The, the whatever st- the train station, the train station right, in that right. town was even listed yeah. right right so it's like okay yep or a lot of times they'll have post offices mm-hmm. they'll be, they yes. have the location is the post office so you'll be able to, to determine where that is yeah using the gazetteers so definitely something you need to look at you can google them um you can find them where can we where do we find these Penny? so we can find them on um first my first go-to would be go to the family search wiki yes that's mm-hmm. the they they have links. just about everything they have linked links. there mm-hmm. yep. um 
Let's see. Google Books is a good place to go. Absolutely. Internet Archives, we mentioned. Mm-hmm. That's also excellent. Lippincott's Gazetteer of the World, mm-hmm. I liked, because um, you can find little towns everywhere. Um, let's see. Library of Congress. Library of Congress. We mentioned Ancestry. Mm-hmm. They have about 100 of them, I think. Anso- yeah, I think yeah. you mentioned it. The, the Hottie Trust. Uh-huh. Um, yep. And then World Cat, if you want to locate Cat. them in physical copy world mm-hmm, cat mm-hmm. um the repository is nearby so um but yeah and also look for um genealogical societies that maybe have published for their state or for their their county to republish yeah. republish some things as yeah. well yeah so. that's good we will um i'm saying this very loosely if y'all go to our websites you know i'm not the best on giving them updated as quickly as what? possible if you can believe it but um, we will put these links on our website um, yeah, for you. Absolutely. All right. All right. So go te- check out those gazetteers. Um, hopefully you'll find some information about um, the locations where your ancestors lived and maybe be able to find some more documents and, and understand your ancestors a little better. Until, Until next, next time. time. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you for listening. Please email us with any questions or comments at genealogyhappyhour at gmail.com. Visit our website, www.genealogyhappyhour.com, for additional resources, books, and wines. Don't forget to drink responsibly. And never drink around genealogical documents.